Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening wherever you are. My name is Tom, and I'd like to welcome you to a wonderful new spiritual podcast called Medicine Words, where our mission is to bring forth spiritual knowledge and wisdom to help you in your daily life and to help you heal from barriers that may be inhibiting you from your growth and your progress as a spiritual being. I'm joined today by our keynote speaker, Keith, who is a world-renowned spiritual medium and teacher, and he'll bring forth today's content. Keith has a sacred gift to read energy from the souls of individuals, and he's been teaching and helping people for over 40 years with their own individual spiritual learning and circumstances. With each podcast, we'll choose a spiritual topic and have approximately 30 minutes of presented material. And at this moment, it is my great pleasure to begin our program. Welcome back to another exciting episode of Medicine Words. I'm here with my co-host, Tom. How are you, Tom? I'm doing well today. Thanks for asking. You know, Tom, the other day we had this conversation that it is the purpose of a relationship to teach us something about ourselves. That can be something that is in light. It also can be something that is perceived as dark. There's individuals that are in our lives for different reasons, but I've noticed that with myself, also my clients and other friends, that we can either very unintentionally or unconsciously get into parasitical relationships. A parasitical relationship, I mean, is, as a parasite is defined as, a parasite is something that is living off a host that does not serve the host in any way. In fact, a parasite doesn't have any interest in the host whatsoever. It's all about them. So we can get parasites inside of our digestive tract, that parasite has no conscious awareness other than to survive. Even though it's making us ill, perhaps even could kill us, it doesn't really have the need to care or it is not a relationship that it's other than about themselves. So we human beings, whether consciously or unconsciously, can do the same thing. We attract to us individuals for whatever reason at a stage in our life and we establish these kinds of different relationships. And oftentimes, it can be a very parasitical relationship. Someone presents themselves in a very different way than they actually are. I think we're all, uh, all guilty of that to a certain degree. We have our public persona. We have our relationships as far as a part of who we are. And so you're very different when you're talking to your mother, as opposed to your neighbor, as opposed to your child, as opposed to the, the intimate spouse or uh, partner that you have. So, of course, each human being is going to react and interact with different people in a different way. But at times, we get involved in these relationships, and it is very damaging to us. And unfortunately, we don't realize it at first. We perhaps can get into a romantic relationship, and as we involve ourselves with this romantic relationship, we begin to commit. At first, this individual was talking about how much they loved us, or they are picking up signals about what we're interested in. They're picking up signals about, oh, you're spiritual, so they start to talk about spiritual things. Or you're interested in sports, and so forth. All the time, it is as if that's a ruse, or it is like a bait, that they're entrapping you, that ultimately they want you to support them. Now, years and years and years ago, probably 30 years ago, I was working in this place, and I was working as a co-worker with this other woman. And I want to really emphasize the word, I was a co-worker, meaning that we were equal. She was not my boss. 
so she was there before I was, and so as we were going through our work environment, she was training me. And as she was training me, I was learning the skill set necessary to accomplish my job, and she would keep training me and training me. One day after about maybe three months, I looked around and I thought, I am doing all the work. She is standing there talking to everybody, and I am basically doing everything. And at one time she says, yes, I've trained you to take over. Again, we're coworkers. So I was doing 95% of the work, and she was doing 5% of the work. And I thought, this isn't exactly fair, but of course I realize life isn't fair. But that was a parasitical relationship. She was presenting herself in a way that she was going to help me and train me and so forth. So she was training me to do all tasks involved, and she was going to get the same amount of money. Now, eventually that's okay. I quit and so forth. But that's a work environment, which I see all the time with my friends and my clients and so forth. But I also see it most importantly with romance. And I think that's the most insidious is when it comes to romance. Now, when it comes to work, obviously, you know, I'm not a person that uh, is going to be a slave to somebody. But when it comes to romance and relationships and someone is presenting themselves in a way and saying, I love you and we're going to be together and it's going to be amazing and then as time progresses, the individual is used as an ATM machine and financially supporting. And you see these divorces where one party involved will take advantage and take all the other person's money, finances, dignity sometimes. The reason that I think it is so insidious with romance is that the human heart, the human soul, the human psyche, and the human mind is a sacred space. It is a place that should be held in reverence. So if someone is cunning, if someone is entering into a relationship with the intent of taking advantage of that other person and using their heartstrings and playing their heartstrings and to get involved with them to support themselves, it is incredibly devastating to that person. Just like any other parasitical relationship, it can kill the host. Now, in the human world, we're here in the school and the university called life, but it's the life of empathy. So if you're an individual that comes into a relationship and you are then using that other person and you are sucking the life force out of them, that is something that you will eventually experience in your life. I work with a lot of clients and I've had clients that have gone through relationships and it is a pattern that the people that they're involved with will, it's almost like the parasite is trying to find another host to live on. And that is what it looks like energetically. That person does not want to work, doesn't want to be involved with anything that's a task. So they'll find this host and use this host to support them. Now, I'm not going to go into gender roles because I don't care how you pair up. I don't care if you pair uh, man and woman, man, man, woman and woman. If you're in a polyamorous relationship, polygamy, I don't care. But what I notice is that oftentimes it's more traditional. The woman will get involved with the man and all of a sudden he finds himself supporting that woman financially and so forth. And then when it gets divorced, takes the money. Another thing though, it can be that the, the man has this woman and it's like this beauty, that almost like an ego thing, like the trophy wife and so forth. And then has another wife. Now, I'm not going to get into the complexities of all of that, but what I'm saying is, if you have a relationship that is parasitical, it is usually because it is the difference between a narcissist and an empath. A narcissist 
would be the individual that's the parasite and the empath would be the host. So the narcissist is all about them. So they're looking at someone to support that. Of course, a narcissist based on all of them and this false sense of identity or false sense of life needs someone to support that belief system. So they'll draw empaths that are very loving and caring to give that to them. I think that it's a lesson for empaths here at the University of Empathy to learn to have limits on your empathy because you're good at it doesn't mean that you should give it all up. So recently, Keith, you and I were discussing something we'd read that said empathy without boundaries is self-destruction. I absolutely love that. Yes, we were discussing that, and that just rang truth in so many levels for me. That, okay, you go, oh, well, I've been hurt by this parasite. All right, well, where was your boundaries? Where was your hedge of protection? Where was your awareness? And, of course, yes, we're going to get burned once in a while, but why did you do it three or four times? Where was it that you were going through this process and not getting your lessons, but going to this hurt? I have a very good friend of mine, and, you know, he goes with this girlfriend, and he's been going with her for 10 years. They have all these fights, to the point that she called the police on him. She called the police on him, and these police dogs attacked him and ripped his arm open bleeding, all sorts of things were had. I mean, lost like the dogs were eating his arm. That's how gross it was. Okay, so then after that was occurred, you go, well, that's obviously over. Not so. That was two or three years ago, and he still goes back to her. Almost like he's sticking the hand in the blender, turning the blender on, and saying, ow, that hurts. I would do that once and never look back, but he seems to go back and back and back. When we did our episode on narcissism, one of the key takeaways from there was never let the same snake bite you twice. Some people have a hard time getting to that point. And that is because they're often left very needy after they're abandoned from those types of relationships and they try to fill the hole as quickly as they can. And unfortunately, the only pattern that they know puts them in the same situation they were in. Right. And you go back to these parasitic relationships. Well, show me 10 different parasitic relationships. I will show you 10 very different reasons and also very different parasitical relationships. For example, you get these incredible, innocent individuals. They're like these little lights or these like little children of God, and they're very innocent. And then you see these people that come in and prey off that innocence. That is absolutely some of the dirtiest negative karma you can incur. So you have people that could be a little bit more intelligent, that uses it for a bad way to hurt another person, take advantage of them. You see it in business all the time. Here's this big deal. You can have this loan and it's like mafia kind of interest rates. That is taking advantage of someone else. Romantically, you see these young people that they're very innocent and sweet and other people move in and take advantage and, and so forth. And they don't really know what they're doing. But on the other hand, there's other people in these parasitical kind of relationships. And you kind of get to the point where you go, okay, you should be knowing better. How many times are you going to stick your hand in the blender before you learn it hurts? And why is that? One of the reasons that it is that way is because human beings crave stimuli to know that they are alive. So some people have to have interpersonal stimuli with other human beings all the time. It's a very difficult thing to tell, but years and years ago, back in the 30s, there was this study that was done. And it was with three monkeys. And these three monkeys 
One was put into a playroom and got to go outside and had all the food and all the attention, all the love possible for this one monkey. The other monkey was put in a deprivation tank, was only given enough food to keep it alive. The other monkey was put in a torture chamber. Consistently, the only monkey that would ever die would be the one that was put in the deprivation tank because the other two were constantly getting stimuli. So we're all human beings, and we all seek to be in the center of love. So when you get into a very parasitical kind of relationship, it could be that you're seeking some kind of stimuli. When you keep returning to it, you keep returning to that kind of stimuli to just basically know you're alive. That makes a ton of sense, Keith. And so you see people that need that stimulus in the form of some type of love that they perceive, which may or may not actually be there, or just companionship, and that keeps them going back. So for that same stimuli, I see that quite often. Right. So how do we change it? Assuming that you want to be healthy, assuming that you want to clear your life up, you can change it by the keys and laws of transformation or by the keys of alchemy. You take away the fear, take away the pain, and you rise it to the highest loving vibration you possibly can. You replace your parasitical kind of relationship with a symbiotic relationship. A symbiotic relationship is where two people are involved in a relationship and it is equally supportive to both people. It is of love. As I look at relationships that are romantic and love, it is between two individuals that are equal beings of light. The best way to describe it is this. If one person was the side of a scaffolding and the other person was the other side of the scaffolding, they were both strong and they're equal. As these people meet, they begin to develop this relationship and they begin to develop trust, understanding. So they're developing the bracing that exists between the two stands of scaffolding. With the bracing that exists between the two of them, they actually become stronger as individuals. They're both equal. With that strength of them standing together, with the bracing of the relationship and the experience they have through the time period they've been involved, they then are enabled to build the next tier of scaffolding that supports the weight. As time goes on, the second tier of the bracing is built. Then they're able to grow as individuals, they put another stand of scaffolding, and they build the third tier and so forth. With each other, they're able to build way up 20 stories perhaps. However, as individuals, the stand of scaffolding stacked on top of each other would collapse. The strongest relationships you can have romantically or in business is where all is supported. Where there is no stratification in a corporation and saying, I am this, so I'm better, you're worse, and so forth, but we're all equal. That everyone is being supported in a symbiotic relationship and no one is taking advantage of another person. Now, you can do that with love. It's about love and light. It's about also the refusal of participating in relationships that are parasitical. I love the analogy of when you said that as far as empathy... That empathy without boundaries is self-destruction. Right. You know, you and I use the term hedge of protection, and we both put a hedge of protection around us. Whatever you want to visualize that as, it works out incredibly well. I have a friend that uses the analogy of a firewall. In other words, if you have a house and you're in a forest, in here in Colorado, that's very prominent. But if you have this forest around you, you take all the wood out from around the house so that if a forest fire comes, it will not burn your house. It's a firewall. 
And it's the same thing as far as a hedge of protection. You use that cosmic Christ consciousness, Tom. You put a, a ring around you that's cosmic Christ consciousness. I do the same. I also do it with Archangel Michael, making myself invisible. So these things are that which protects you, that which keeps you safe. So it doesn't matter exactly what technique or word you use, as long as you use it, that you are protecting yourself. When we talk about parasitical relationships, very deep, very difficult, then you're trying to rise to another level. Do not give up. Do not give up on your life. Do not give up on hope. Know that this is valuable to you. Even though it seems dark, it is black gold. So you find yourself in a place where you were married for 12 years, the two of you thought you were happy, all of a sudden you realize it seems like it's all been a joke. It's all been a lie. You've read that if you are a person, that you go through your life, you believe in a higher power, you get married, you have 2.5 kids, you work hard, everything's going to be blissful, perfect, amazing, but it didn't. Somehow, you thought that you're going to be soulmates, and you were until you weren't. So you're devastated. Then, to add to that, your partner, your spouse, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, is taking to court, taking all the money, could make all these accusations against you and all sorts of things, trying to really reel you in. Could even like be accusing you of molesting the children, all sorts of things that I hear that have happened. All right, so you think, what am I going to do? It's all been a lie. Do not give up. Do not give up. Do not take your life. Do not go dark. But know that you're in a place that is magnificent. You're in a place where it is a growth. You take that dark and you are on the side of light, believe it or not. Even though you feel like everything's been taken away from you, you will come to see that you're on the side of right. You see, it is much better to have your money stolen than to steal the money. You see, it is very, very correct to have the intent of love and light as opposed to be a parasite. So you begin to grow and you begin to see and you take it day by day and step by step and you start to hopefully get to the point where you can see love and light and you see the benefit of it. Even if it's a benefit that it's never going to repeat itself again. You gain strength. You don't exactly know what maybe love is, but you know that that was not love. That, in and of itself, is a higher state of light. As you're releasing that relationship, you're saying, okay, that didn't work, so what does? This is what I didn't like, so what do I? So with that knowledge, you begin to create a new future you. If a person goes through a situation like that and doesn't do their own work, they'll tend to unconsciously replicate the same kind of relationship over and over and over with someone else. But you have the advantage here. Even though you feel like you're completely devoid, your emotional sense has been used, the resources and even the reserved resources are devoid from you, you are at a place that can only be fulfilled. If I could show you your aura, you would see right below the heart chakra of the emotional solar plexus. The emotional solar plexus, if it's healthy and balanced, would be yellow. If I could show you your emotional solar plexus at that time, it would be clear. Not to say it is clear like you have clarity, it is devoid of all colors. You are so drained emotionally of your emotional resources and your reserved emotional resources, there's nothing left. If I could show you the individual you're involved with, your spouse, girlfriend, boyfriend, the business partner, whoever it is that drained you, you would see that they are black in their emotional solar plexus. Black in a tar, almost amber color, a very dark color. 
So yes, perhaps they have the money, they have the car, they have this, they have that, but it is very dark. So out of the two, you are in an advantaged state. All the miscreation that they have has created a dark syrupy goo in their emotions, and they're going to have to work through that either in this life or the next. You, however, might feel like you cannot move another muscle, but at least you are clear. Time progresses month by month, year by year. Their density weighs them down. Your lightness keeps you going. Your lightness then becomes, again, the lighter pale of yellow, a darker pale of yellow, and bright vivid gold and white. So you succeeded in overcoming that. So, yes, life happens. Absolutely, life happens. You are a spiritual being of light. You are here in this physical world, and you've made choices. Every human being has gone through things in their life where they look back with gratitude and success. Other times we look back with a big question mark over our head. But know this, that not only have you not made a mistake, but you're not a mistake. Do the people that drain the energy have any type of real hope within this lifetime? Or do they have to wait to see the effects of their life in the afterlife review? That's a really good question, Tom. I am the eternal optimist. I really am. That person that has done all this draining and damage, I do believe that they are always going to have the light of love within inside of them. They have as much time as they need to transform, but the decision is theirs. They're the ones that have to make the choice and see the error of their ways. You see, life is a mirror. And so as they proceed in the future and this denseness and darkness gets more difficult, it is going to only cause problems to them. As they get older, then life is going to treat them well with respect. So perhaps they can be slowed down with a vehicle. I'm not saying all people that have cancer, Alzheimer's, dementia, or an accident or something has caused an effect to that they did wrong to people. I'm just saying that sometimes things that can slow people down toward the end of the life is that they are being slowed down so they can go through a life review before they pass on. When a person dies, the emotional body is also being released and reviewed, so is your ego and so is your mind. So it's not like a judgment, it's just simply a review. In essence, you're left alone to just look at what you really did, what you really saw. So you will see this individual that you used. You'll say, wow, I got all this money, and I got this nice car, and I got this, and that person was a jerk. Because you have used so well the skill set of justification through vilification, you're, you're vilifying all these, it's actually vilification through justification, that you are justifying all your villainous actions, then you get to see that as well. So it's not like you're punished. It's just like, I do believe one of the most difficult things that people can see that causes such a, a difficult level inside their heart is number one, they realized the hurt they've caused other people, and they also realized the joy that they missed out in life because of the hurt that they caused to people. Keith, I've noticed that some people, if you break them into givers and takers, they can change the role of being a giver or a taker depending on who they're with. So you see some people that eventually have done both sides of that dynamic, and some people end up learning from it to the point where they no longer are the parasite and that they have grown through that. Is that really the objective of that person's life? Mm, to grow and to go into as much love and light as you possibly can. One of my absolute core pillars, which is a principle in my life, is kindness. 
Now, we like to be kind to people, and sometimes we like to give to people, but it's mindful giving. When you give to somebody, have no expectations. You give something, you don't expect it back. If someone says, can I borrow $100? If you decide to lend it to them in the back of your mind, though you don't say it, think of it as a gift until it's paid back. It'll cause less angst for you. Don't make assumptions. If someone asks you, can I borrow $100? Then have the maturity to say no. And you don't have to go beyond that. The answer no is a complete sentence. When we're talking about your energy, and you made that comment, the person that's robbing the energy, creating this parasitical relationship, the unfortunate part about that is that there is enough energy on this planet to support everyone. There's enough love in this planet to support everyone. So if every breath you took was a breath of love and light, and every breath you excelled was of love and light, you would still never exhaust all the energy of love that supports your life. There are those, for whatever reason, that do this tailspin into narcissism, and they start to have this great need. I need this. Perhaps it can be hurt. It can be wound. It can be insecurities. So there is this narcissist parasitical kind of environment, and it is insatiable. It is never enough. I'll give you an example. If you look at the physical world, and I do mean the physical world, I mean the sun as a star, and surrounding that sun is these planets, and on this surface of this beautiful planet called Earth is life, and Mother Earth itself is living. So use this as a metaphor that this is a microcosm of the greater macrocosm of all that is. So imagine, if you will, that this sun provides all energy. Let's call that Father God. But of course, there's something greater than that. But let's call that like an example of what God is, love. So all this love is radiating toward the planet Earth. Earth is providing all this energy back and providing the energy that creates all life in the variety of, that she has. So in the oceans, the oceans are having heat and there's warmth to that heat. And that heat can be fear. That's an energy. So with that heat of the oceans, from it is created like these vast hurricanes. The hurricane's energy comes from the heat of the ocean. If you look at a hurricane, it is incredibly intimidating, massive, and powerful. That hurricane is in the ocean, and it is destroying ships. The hurricane hits land, and it can do extensive damage. It can kill people. It does property damage. It does flora and fauna damage. Eventually, though, because it's on the land, it dissipates, and it is gone. There's nothing to it. Say it can look back, and it can just see this huge wake of destruction in its path. It is astounding to me how humans and their lives reflect nature and the universe. So compare this to the human being. A parasite is a narcissist. A parasite is in fear. A parasite is in so much fear that atop the fear is rage. Atop the rage is anger. So that fear, rage, and anger is the energy much like the heat of the ocean. So the heat of the ocean, much like the fear and rage of the human being, is empowering this human being with great force and power. This power seems very intimidating, and in some cases, it can be devastating. 
That is where war comes from. That is where corporate America and all over the world does damage, or religion, whatever, or individuals, or your neighbors, or whatever. When you look at the human being that is in fear, anger, and rage, and feels like there's this power, it is a certain power, but it's not the power of love. So it goes through life and eventually hits something and causes all this destruction and then completely dissipates and is gone. And that's, Tom, the answer to your question. That's when you die and you look back on your life and you're a person that's a parasite, a narcissist, and you look back and you go, look at all the damage I've done, but what am I? It's just like the hurricane. Well, what are you? Where Where is it that, where is that air that was once there? All right, but... Meanwhile, while you've been going through all this anger and rage, the sun in its consistency has been shining and creating life everywhere on the planet. Just like the human being that's caused all the destruction through anger, rage, narcissism, and parasitical growth, all that time, other people have been absorbing love and light. Other people have been nurturing their children. Other people have been falling in love. Other people have been exercising, dieting. Other people have been creating cures to diseases. Life has gone on in a miraculous way, but you have not noticed any of it or participated in any of it because you were so darkened by this hurricane of rage. What advice do you have for people that find themselves in this situation? You said earlier, don't quit. There is a point at which the boundaries say do quit, but you don't want to get to the point where you're going to do harm to yourself or others. What I mean by don't quit is never give up. Don't go into the shadow self and say, oh, my life is worthless, so I'm going to go take my life or shoot myself or go drink or I'm going to put heroin in my vein or anything like that. Do not do that. That's what I mean by don't quit. But cease the behavior that is creating this. If you find yourself as a person that is involved in a situation where you have been used by a parasite, then release it. Now, for example, stop it. Don't, don't continue to release that particular parasitical relationship and repeat it with somebody else. It is much like a doctor would do. Your spiritual self, your emotional self, your intellectual self, and physical self react the same way. If you had a parasite in your digestive tract, which would be killing you, you go to the doctor. Even though you don't want to hear it, you have this diagnosis. They say, you have a big parasite, or you have a big tapeworm. This parasite, or this tapeworm, is consuming you, literally, and you will die. So you don't just go, oh, I don't want to really think about that or pay attention to that, so I'm just going to go about my life, and then all of a sudden you start getting all the symptoms and die. No, you say, okay, doctor, what do I do? What do I do with this? And they say, well, we can prescribe this prescription and it'll kill it and you're done with it. It'll take two weeks and be on your way. It is the same thing as far as an emotional, mental, physical parasite. If you are finding yourself in a relationship with another human that's a parasitical relationship, you go, okay, this is, first of all, recognition of it. You recognize the fact that it is killing you. It is injuring you and the hurt you feel is killing you. It can be as subtle as insults and put-downs. Some people can be very insulting without knowing it. It's, it's those backhanded comments. It's those things that, it, it's like, boy, that hurt. When you get up in the morning, you go, boy, that really stung what that person said the other day, whether it's a friendship or romance. It makes about as much sense as someone sticking pins in you on a daily basis. But that really hurts. So why are you going back to it? So first of all, you recognize that it is something that is a problem and a dis-ease. Now, different circumstances or different remedies 
if you have a friend that is not cohabitational and there are problems to you, as an adult, you can walk away and never look back. If it's a boss or a supervisor or in a work environment that's becoming very hostile and just parasitical, you can say, I'm not going to do this and I'm going to walk away. It's almost like you say, you know, I checked myself into this insane asylum and how do I check myself out? You know, just walk away in a huff. You start to educate yourself. You start to design a different life for yourself. You didn't perhaps apply for different jobs. And you remember with clarity how difficult it was so that when you do leave, you never look back with regret. If it's a spouse or a loved one or a relationship that's romantic, you get together. And perhaps you cannot leave at this time because you have children or, or whatever it is that binds you there. You have a mortgage. You have something together. There is a way out of anything. But when I say don't give up, I mean don't take your own life and don't go into such a dark place in your soul that it's like drawing you down. If you find yourself circling the drain, don't just sit there and go down the drain. Take a plug and plug it up and be patient. With time, the water is going to rise gradually and get more and more empowering to you that you're going to go over the edge of the tub and set yourself free. Also, call on the divine. Whether you call it the source, ever religion, whatever, call on a higher power. No problem that you're going through can be actually solved at the same level in which it was created. Einstein said that. You get into this place, you were a different person 12 years ago when you met this person. This relationship has caused great growth with inside you. That growth has elevated you to a different level of wisdom and knowledge. Use that wisdom to release this relationship. One of the most profound ways you can do it is that which is quantum physics. What is the future you that is best suited? Where's the best future Tom? Where's the best future Keith? Is it with this person or without? Do we stay together, evolve together, and grow? Or do we release the relationship and be apart and grow that way? What's the healthiest way? But assume you want to be better. Now, if you do want to transform, one of the ways you can do it is with alchemy. Alchemy, the Saint Germain Alchemist prayer, is one of the greatest prayers that can change your life very radically. The Saint Germain prayer is, Saint Germain, with your violet flame, transform this pain. Take away this pain. With your violet flame, transform it into the highest plane possible. With that affirmation and prayer, the violet flame of Saint Germain will alchemize whatever density or difficulty that you have and put it into the highest state of light. Well, Keith, that's great advice, and so many of us find ourselves in that situation. This has been a great build from our previous discussion on narcissism, and I welcome everyone to send questions into us to help with your own individual situation, not with specifics, but with concepts, and help us provide you with some information that you can use to improve your own life. And with that, I say thank you for listening to Medicine Words. Thank you for listening. Join us again on Medicine Words. That concludes today's message from Medicine Words. My thanks to our spiritual medium, Keith. My name is Tom, and I hope you've enjoyed the content of today's podcast. You can visit our website at medicinewords.net to find previous podcasts, 
and to stay up to date on our latest material. You can also submit questions on our website, which we may use in future podcasts. Also, if you like, you can subscribe and we'll be sure to send you a reminder each month with a link to our latest podcast. Thanks again for listening. Please join us again on Medicine Words.